In the Mountain West, we take the lead. We show heart and grit and have the vision to be leaders in everything we do. We don't wait for opportunities. We create our own. Today is our day, and we will take the lead. Hey, everyone. Happy to have you with us for another volleyball edition of the Mountain West podcast, Taking the Lead. On this episode, I sit down with Colorado State head coach Emily Cohan. The new Rams head coach is in her first year at the helm after serving on the Rams coaching staff since 2015. Cohan was a four-year captain at Iowa from 2005 to 2008. During her time at Colorado State, Cohan has helped the Rams to five postseason berths and four Mountain West titles. Well, let's now welcome in Colorado State head coach, Emily Cohan. Coach, thank you for making time for us today. It's great to see you. Yeah, it's good to be here. We love talking about volleyball. Absolutely. Well, this is Rams week on Taking the Lead. We'll chat with you today and then hear from women's soccer head coach Keely Hagan tomorrow. But there is a lot of buzz this week with your back-to-back matchups with CU and then big noon kickoff and college game day coming to Boulder for the football rivalry game on Saturday. I have to imagine this is one of your favorite weeks of the season. Yeah, everybody loves their their rivalry week, and so the in-state rivalry between us and CU goes along uh, goes back a long ways. And um, Jesse Mahoney, the head coach at CU, was the assistant here at CSU for seven years with Tom Hilbert. Um, so he has a, an extra connection, you know, with our university, and um, our girls always get really excited to play CU. And so the the uniqueness of a home and home where you play them back to back nights and one in each place is. Um, has its own challenges, but it's really fun to to get to be in the big rivalry week, especially with CU on the big national stage with football and Deion Sanders and college game day coming to Boulder. So yeah, it's it's a pretty big week. Well, you've been with Colorado State as an assistant coach and associate head coach since 2015. Now in your first year as head coach, a simple question, but what's been the biggest adjustment for you going from assistant to leading the program? Yeah. Um, you know, I felt really Tom Hilbert had done a really nice job preparing me for the transition um, in terms of some of the administrative tasks and stuff like that. But, you know, managing people and being the decision maker, I think, is no matter what the job, that, you know, something that the leadership roles, um, you just got to get your hands dirty with. And so figuring out, you know, how to delegate things and how to explain what you want and how you want it. And um, it just takes time. And our staff is new, you know, and so having Um, two first-time assistants with our program and just explaining, you know, this is what CSU Volleyball does is um, they're wonderful and we have a great, awesome staff, but, um, you know, that just takes some time. Yeah, you being on this coaching staff for the last few years, you've developed relationships with the players. So how did that help you with the way you maybe approached this season coming into a program where you already have built those relationships and weren't necessarily starting from the ground up? Yeah, I think, you know, I had some deposits in the bank for them trusting me and knowing that I have their best interests at heart and being able to, you know, drive them, you know, relatively hard without them wondering, you know, who I am and what my my intentions are. And so, um, you know, we scheduled a really tough preseason knowing that we brought back a lot of players. And again, I have those deposits in the bank to be able that they, they trust that the long-term intention of this preseason is to get ready for postseason um, and not necessarily to have the winningest record of all time. And um, so I think some of those decisions, you know, were, were helped by the fact that I've been here, that we know what kind of program we can be and that I have the a good relationship with a lot of our players. Well, you added a big transfer with Emery Herman, but the core group of starters has pretty much remained intact 
But that's a big reset for hitters to welcome in a new setter, given that they'd been receiving from Sierra Pritchard for the last few years. So how did you see this group really have to work at building those relationships with Emery this offseason to be on the same page and be ready to go once season started? Yeah, I mean, Emery is one of her gifts is her ability to connect with people really early. And um, she's this big bubbly personality and she's a servant leader where she's constantly asking her hitters, like, what do you need? What can I do better for you? And um, I think it says a lot about her that within a couple months of transferring here, the team voted her as a captain. Um, so I think that that shows that she was able to build really strong connections early on. And, um, you know, she didn't do it by coming in here and just flexing her muscles and saying, I'm here and like, I'm going to be your setter, that she did it really genuinely and um, authentically with with all those hitters and Loberos and even the other setter and her have a really great relationship. And so it's been it's been awesome to watch them gel. And again, because she's new and she's such a big piece, I think that our development in that area is still going to keep growing throughout the whole season. What stood out to you about the way that she came into this program? Because clearly she was able to make those relationships with the players and, and be voted captain. That says a lot about a person. I think when she ended up in the transfer portal, we had watched her from her high school days, you know, when she was down in Texas. And so I knew who she was. I knew that she had been a starter for three years at University of Arizona. Um, But then you start doing reference calls to high school coaches and club coaches and even her old college coaches. And everybody said that this kid's a giver and she works so hard and she's a setter that plays defense like the libero, you know, that she's going to dive all over. And um, so I just loved kind of those intangible things about her that she was a captain in Arizona and she uh, is one of the hardest workers and um, so you can look at stats and you can look at video but those intangible things really put her over the edge. Well, let's recap this past weekend. You hosted the Ram Volleyball Classic and picked up wins against Bowling Green and Pacific and then lost to Baylor but what were the overall takeaways from the weekend both good and need to improve on? Yeah, um, it's been fun to watch, um, you know, Malaya Jones really develop into a six-row player. So last year, she kind of flipped between a three-row opposite or a three-row outside hitter. And, um, you know, we've had a few games where we've played her all the way around as uh, as a six-rotation opposite, and she hits out of the back row. And I think, you know, she brings a lot of oohs and ahs out of the back row right now, too. And uh, she is a really, really physical, high, big-arm kid. Um that is growing and embracing the opportunity to play defense in the back row. It's not just hitting in the back row. So that's been really neat to see her evolve. And I think the story of our overall preseason over three weeks is we can play with anyone. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, beat number 10 Kentucky and um, we took a set off Stanford, who's one of the top teams in the country. And uh, we took Arkansas, who's going to be in the top 15 to five. And then against Baylor, they're a very good, very big physical team. Um, we started off slow, but in game three, like after our little halftime, they came back out and showed that they can play with Baylor. And if we would have played that way the whole time, I think, um, you know, the, the outcome could have been differently. But I hope our team is learning that by November, December, for sure, that we can play with anybody that they put us up against. Yeah. Can you give me some insight as to what those matches were like inside Moby Arena? Because I know against Kentucky, that place was rocking, seeing the videos and and the pictures from from that game. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I think, you know, it's one of our 
favorite parts about um, CSU volleyball is our home court advantage and what we call Moby Madness. And we had um, almost 8,000 people in Moby for that Kentucky game. And we, in the past, you know, 15 years have been in the top 10 in the country for attendance. And, um, you know, it's, it's awesome to get to run out, especially your first game of the year and have that kind of fan base um, behind you and cheering for you. And when we get in those deuce sets with, with teams, you know, you got people creating a lot of energy and, um, you know, that's a challenge for us is can we be as good on the road as we are when we have that crowd behind us? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we had our neutral game matches on the road, and that was something that we all talked about is can we be our own Moby Madness? Um, and I think our, our bench has done a really good job with that, and uh, we're, we're trying to grow in that capacity too. Following the win over Pacific, you said the team is still on this quest for the all-around performance that you know that your team can produce. What do you envision that all-around performance will look like for your group when things are clicking on all cylinders? For sure, yeah. I, You know, you look at our team, Karina Lieber and Nemo, we call it Nemo, Nemo Weathers have both been all-conference middles. And um, Annie has been the conference newcomer of the year. And Kennedy is an all-conference outside hitter. And Malaya is, again, turning it up this year that she has set her career highs. And she's really probably someone that opposing team scouting reports are starting to focus on on our team. So we have five really physical attackers that on any given night, if we can get all of them playing not even at their like total peak performance, but at a really sustainable like 80% of what their peak performance is, we're a really hard team to defend. And then you've watched our libero that um, have her career high in digs last weekend and really starting to come into her own in her second year in that jersey. And so again, it's our we're we're not young, but we're trying to figure out how to be as mature as possible and get people playing again at their 80% for as long as possible. And then I think as a team, we're really hard because there's not just one person you're focused on. Yeah, you mentioned Naima Weathers, Nemo, and Karina Lieber. They lead the team with 33 blocks apiece right now. Two names we've heard a lot over the last few years when you talk about CSU Volleyball. What has been the biggest upgrade to their games this season? I think they're blocking. You know, they've always been really physical attackers. Um and that's probably if they were going to post their highlight reels, what they would choose to, you know, boast about. But um, as an off-season focus, we talked about blocking and as they grow up and they're in year four now, being able to read the game at a higher level and not have us prescribe what their blocking moves are going to exactly be. And, um, yeah, it's been fun to see our blocking stats play out at a, at a higher clip. And um, as they get more consistent, it then makes it easier for the back row to become more consistent as the second line of defense back there. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a big been a big focus for those two in this offseason is improving their blocking. Well, we've touched on Emery Herman a little bit already, but what part of her game has been the most welcomed addition to this offense? She just plays with such like happiness and composure. She's really, really mature in how she shows up every single day, not just the games, but mm-hmm. you know what you're getting with, you know, how bubbly she is. And she, we all, we have a lot of babies on our staff and she's always holding the babies and she's always asking the hitters, you know, what can I do for you? And they, our team calls her worm and she does like the dance worm, you know, sometimes. <laughs> and again, she's just really infectious with her, with her personality and her happiness and how positive she is. And um, she's got a lot of great volleyball skills, but I think that that is something that our team really loves about. Who are maybe one or some of the players that have maybe surprised you so far this year that you weren't maybe expecting to step up in as big as a role as they have? 
Uh, I think, I mean, Malaya is probably the first one that comes to mind with just mm-hmm. how much she's grown. And last year she had great highlight reels where she did great things, but she was a little volatile in some of her performances. And we would talk about that within her stats of, you know, she'd have a game of 400 and then a game of zero. And then a game. Of, as you grow up, you want to have a kind of a predictable stat line for what we can expect out of you. And she's been fairly um, good about not having a big standard deviation in her hitting percentages um, this so far. So I think that that's really great. And then again, us asking her to play in the back row early on, mm-hmm. Um, and are doing a really good job back there. It's been really nice. And then, you know, I think Kate's defense, Kate Yoshimoto's defense has been something that has improved a ton too. And again, to have 29 digs in a, in a match is, uh, is a pretty remarkable stat line, but she's gotten more confident at commanding the defensive court back there and um, that she's really grown a lot in that too. Well, as we touched on before, it's rivalry week. A lot of emotions and intensity wound up in these two matches on Thursday and Friday. And you kind of mentioned it earlier because this rivalry is unique in the fact that you get one game in Fort Collins and then one in Boulder on back-to-back nights. So what is your message consistently to this group ahead of these rivalry weeks? Yeah, one, we, you know, play our style of volleyball. Let's, you know, take whatever opponent is across from the net and, you know, let's be able to focus on what, we are still trying to grow on and what makes us good. Um, And then when you go into Boulder, you know, and they've started to get a lot more fans this year, I think this is cool across the country that a lot of attendance records are being broken and volleyball is growing across the country. But, um, you know, we expect that they are doing some promotional activities for the Thursday night game to, uh, to put a lot of people in there and, can we be a good road team and embrace a hostile environment and use it to our, you know, our emotional advantage. And so, um, Let's, you know, be prepared for it to be rowdy and then let's give it back to them when they come back the next night. And, you know, Moby Arena always loves to welcome the buffs with with a lot of noise and, and heckling and our students love to show up. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the biggest difference is just the, the emotional uh, impact of the crowd, probably. I'd love to know your thoughts on just women's volleyball right now. It seems like it's exploding in the United States, especially after that Nebraska game. I mean, the the scenes from that night were incredible. Um, what were your thoughts and what 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 are you uh, thinking when you see this across the board, how how much volleyball is really growing and getting the attention it deserves? For sure. It's been awesome to watch again attendance records, the Nebraska one being the huge one, but um you know, I, I hope that the other stat lines of, I, don't, I think maybe 10 or 12 other programs that week set attendance records. And we went to Arkansas um, and they were playing Wisconsin the night before they played us and they set an attendance record at that match. And, um, you know, it's been fun to see marketing departments and administrations and fans and media and, you know, TV coverage grow and grow for our sport because it is a, the most played sport in high school um, in terms of number of girls that are playing uh, volleyball in high school. And so there's this appetite for volleyball and there's finally some platforms for it to be consumed on. We have Terry Pettit, the old Nebraska coach lives in Fort Collins. He is retired here and he'll come into our gym to watch our team and give us feedback. And so he was in here a couple days before the Nebraska match and he was getting ready to go back. And when you watch the Nebraska match and them interviewing him, cause he built that program and that fandom into what it was, um, you know, that it was so emotional for him to say, I believed in this before anyone else did. Um, and he always knew that volleyball could be a really big thing in the United States. And then you add on to that, that there's three professional systems that are going to get started in the next few years. 
um, get going at full speed. And I think again, volleyball in the U.S. is is growing and growing, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's been really cool to see. Well, just one weekend left before the start of conference action. What is the most fun part for you and your group about seeing the other teams in the league representing the Mountain West with quality wins night in and night out? Yeah, for sure. We um we talk a lot. Well, we talk a little bit about the RPI and what who are we cheering for, you know, in terms of RPI. And you always want your opponents to win after you have beat them um, <laughs> or before you have beat them, right? And so we our girls know that it helps our RPI and our conferences RPIs to cheer for those Mountain West teams. And so we've watched, you know, Wyoming's like crushing it and Air Force is doing really well. And, um, you know, we have UNLV and Utah State that have played really tough schedules and gotten some really quality wins. And um, so we know our job is to cheer on our conference uh in these non-conference weeks. And I think our, everybody's doing a really great job of bringing in a healthy win loss record um, to, to start off conference next week. Well, a fun storyline to follow throughout the season, you and UNLV head coach Malia Shoji played together growing up, spent first grade together. Now you're both first year head coaches in the same conference, September 30th and November 9th, you'll meet for conference play matchups. Can you take me into what you imagine those matches will be like for the both of you to share the sideline together? Yeah. And I think it's cool because I think all all the parents are coming. Again, my mom and um, Leah's mom, Chris, taught um, in Fowler, Colorado, which is a tiny town in southeast Colorado of maybe a thousand people. Um, And so me and Malia went to Fowler, you know, elementary school together. And that's where we first met. And um, so I think. Chris and Tom, Malia's parents and my parents are going to get together on that weekend because it's a big moment for them as well. Who would have thought two little Fowlerites would be where we are right now? (laughs) Um, And so it's been neat. Not only are we coaching together in the same conference, we were in Oregon together at the same time. I was at Oregon State when she was at Western Oregon. Um, Then she was in the Pac-12 with me when I was in the Pac-12. And so we've, we've gone on this coaching journey. And she is really one of my closest friends in the coaching world. So when we're recruiting together, we hang out a lot. We bounce ideas off of each other. Um, so I have nothing but, but praise for her outside of that two games that we played them. Um, and, and I'm cheering her on because I hope she has a long history of success, um, getting ready for her. All that keeps coming to mind is that Paul Rudd meme where you two are going to look at each other and say, Hey, look at us. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. You got to post that, put that on your content machine. Yeah, absolutely. All right, coach. Well, we are now to the final portion of the podcast, the fifth set, a couple of fun questions for you. So let's get to it. First one for you. You've always got the best game day outfits and I respect a good game day fit. So I'm curious, what is the worst fashion decision you have ever made? Ooh, worst fashion fashion decision. I will stand by because I remember these when I was little in Fowler, Colorado. I had these white cowboy boots with fringe and silver uh, like cap toes on them. And I still remember like putting those things on and thinking that I was the coolest thing ever. And um, yeah, they were they are probably not what most people would say are the most fashionable, but I've always rocked weird fashions. All right. There you go. Um, favorite memory from the CU versus CSE rivalry matches that you've been a part of? Oh, I wasn't part of the one where CSU upset CU to make it to the Sweet 16 in 2014, but I've witnessed, we have enough pictures around our offices and, um, and it's just something that we tell the stories of over and over that that one's pretty remarkable. We've started the Golden Spike Trophy. 
And so um, maybe th- two or three years ago, the, we have a volleyball trophy that we pass between the two programs called the Golden Spike. And whoever wins the last one gets to keep it for the year. And so um, getting to keep the Golden Spike in your office for the year is, I think, a really uh, impactful thing. And you get to keep it if you win night one. But if you, then if you lose night two, you got to give it back and you only had it for one night. So it's just until the next meeting. And so uh, I, my f- favorite one's going to be getting to keep the Golden Spike for the whole year coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. All right. If you could use magic to do one mundane task for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Travel. I mean, we travel (laughs) so much that if I could teleport or net jets and not have to waste so much time driving and, and flying, that that would change my life immensely. I have two young kids. So if I could spend the extra hours, you know, at home hanging out with them, that that would definitely be it. That seems like a a good use of the magic for sure. What is your go-to movie when you need a mood boost? I have watched Lonesome Dove more than any other movie that ever. Um, It's 12 hours. I should warn you on that. I I have never heard of this movie, so this is news to me. 12 hours. Yeah, it's a big book. Um, It's a a Western book, um, and they broke it into like four, three hour chunks kind of. Uh, and so when you, when I do a, uh, a lonesome dove binge watch on the couch for 12 hours, my husband knows that I just need a little reset. What, what is your favorite part about the movie? Like what genre? So it's a Western movie. Yeah, it's Western. I grew up on a ranch in Southeast Colorado. So I think it's kind of nostalgic that a lot of the the cowboy characters remind me of my grandpa or my dad. And, um, you know, they go on the big cattle drives and, um, it's really about, it's a movie about best friends, two cowboys that are best friends and will go to the end of the world for each other. And so, um, I have some really great friends in my life that it's like, yeah, let's go be Gus and call. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, my last question for you, what is the best piece of advice that you picked up from head coach, Tom Hilbert? Don't settle that he was always incredibly I'm going to say patient in the recruiting um, of players that we weren't just going to offer a player because we needed a player to fill that position um, or that we were going to not settle for certain scheduling things or for administrative decisions and to keep fighting, to keep your program elite and to be able to make the decisions, you know, to even if it makes people mad or if it's kind of scary that your roster is small for the year um, to not settle and fight to keep things elite. Don't settle. I love it. Well, coach, thank you so much for taking the time for us on taking the lead today and good luck this week, a huge week for the Rams. We're excited. We're going to be cheering you on and I hope you get that golden spike trophy staying in uh, staying in Fort Collins. Thank you very much. Yeah. Everybody. Uh, if you are in, in Colorado, it'd be a good week for you to come out and watch some great volleyball. Well, that's Colorado state volleyball head coach, Emily Cohan. One more weekend of non-conference action before Mountain West play kicks off. To watch matches this fall, head on over to the MW.com or download the Mountain West app available on Apple and Android devices. Join us next week for more episodes of Taking the Lead available on Apple, Spotify, and now also on the SiriusXM app.